Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Press with Eric Raditz. I'm Eric. And we, in addition to taking care of looking at all the fun things to do in Southwest Florida, have special guests. And some of them are people that you may get a chance to meet if you head out here into Southwest Florida territory. And you also get the honor of hearing a cool interview with them. One of them today we have with us. And she is here today. It is Miss Kaylee Bishop. Are you there, Kaylee? I sure am. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show. You are were a finalist on The Voice in 2018. You have a genre-defying musical style, and uh, it's blending bluegrass, country, soul, and rock. You are a dynamic force. You're public, a prolific songwriting, uh, totaling hundreds of compositions over the past decade. Showcases a depth. Reminiscent of Aretha Franklin's soulful storytelling, but also coupled with the authenticity of Dolly Parton, you weave a tapestry of emotions through your music. You're currently collaborating with Grammy-nominated producer Eric Torres. Kaylee Bishop stands as a rising star from Fort Myers, now in Nashville, but coming back for a January 12th and 13th concert on the beach the most beautiful beach in the world on Captiva, right across from Tween Waters. Uh, we appreciate you embodying the spirit of legendary artists while carving a unique musical path. Please welcome Kaylee Bishop. Wow, what an introduction. Yeah. That was a delight. Thank I, you. It, it's 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 really a lot of pressure when there's somebody as good as you coming to Listen. town. <laughs> Look, I don't, you know what? I, <laughs> I went out of my way to... Listen, if you're you not at least that. a little bit intimidated, then then you know it just doesn't have that cherry on top. A little a little intimidation is healthy. Yes. If you're a little nervous, it puts you on 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 your toes enough to yes. know that it's this is not just a like a punch in, punch out thing. This is a performance of a lifetime. You're coming to yeah. Southwest Florida <laughs> and it's gonna be at the Tween Waters. And I, I can't think of a better beach in the world. Like I moved from Chicago to Fort Myers and um and uh, people are like, Why would you do that? And I'm like, Because this area is awesome. And one of the reasons it's awesome is places like Captiva Island. And yeah. it's so cool that you're going to be playing down there. I have a lot of questions. You don't have to answer any of them. But as <laughs> I'll tell you, the first thing I'm most interested in is your experience in the voice. Because we watch it. We see you're great. You have this voice. You do have a voice. Blake turned, right? And uh -huh. it was cool. And I've always felt like in the industry, like the voice kind of owns you after that. And I'm, I'm not cool about that, but I'm also cool about the exposure that it gives you and moving forward into the industry, to the business in with which you are amazing. Can you talk about your path leading up to the voice and after the voice or anything else you want to talk about to be honest with you? <laughs> well, the voice was honestly an amazing experience and anybody that's a singer, I think should do it just because of the community that you can find there and the lessons that you learn there too. Um, you know, I think it's easy to get stars in your eyes when you go on the show and you think, Oh wow, my dream's coming true. And, but it's really the healthiest thing is to have realism. And I realistically knew that there were only going to be certain things within my control. And that was going to be my attitude, my performance, and then also my initiation to just go and celebrate and, and collaborate with other people that were there. And 
I really knew that. And so I think that leading up to The Voice, I had actually intentionally been working on building my confidence. I was notorious for like terrible self-talk. I would just decimate myself all the time. And subsequently, you just don't feel good about yourself. If all you're saying is negative things about yourself, you're going to wait. Negative. You're gonna... Can we can we dive into this a little bit? Why? Why so much self-deprecation? Yeah. Why? I think I'm a perfectionist by nature. And my tendency is to see the negative instead of the positive. So for instance, looking back at a year, I, instead of measuring my progress, I'd, I'd measure more so what I didn't accomplish. And um, that's just a mindset that I've had to struggle uh, overcoming. But at that time, you know, when you move to Nashville and there's there's girls that are younger, prettier, and more talented than you. Wait, it, no, who's more prettier than you? <laughs> no way. Oh, my mom, mom will love you. My mom will love you. <laughs> Um, I'm flirting. Know, like, I'm flirting just a little bit. I hope it's okay. It's good. I'll take okay. it. I'll take okay. it. But you know, it's like occasionally I would have these moments where I'd just inadequate and like, what am I doing here? And I think there was a friend of mine who was just so tired of me talking about myself. And she said, Kaylee, I want you to go home and I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say nice things to yourself. And I was like, no, that's stupid. What? <laughs> and uh, I, I balked at it, but then I eventually did it. And even though I felt like an idiot while I was doing it, I felt better after. And so then I started to mm. say nice things to myself more often. And um, I mean, that was years ago. I mean, this is 2017 that I'm learning this lesson, but it really took effect on my spirit. And I was able to go forward in Nashville as I was continuing to foster my career and to foster my growth on stage. I was able to also start to celebrate the people that were also around me. And, um, man, I tell you what, by celebrating people instead of judging people. And um, I think we've all had seasons of being a little bit more judgmental. And I think I definitely had my own. And I wasn't outspoken about those judgments, but it was more reflection of me and my insecurity. And so, you know, growing through that prepared me for The Voice because I just I had a really healthy, positive attitude when I went out there. And I made so many friends. And, you know, you're really at the mercy of the producers. You have no idea what's going on around you. They leave you in the dark with a lot of stuff. Um, and so what really is in your control are the things that you do know. And that's who you're around and what you care about and how you can participate in a group experience. So I walked away feeling very accomplished in that regard. <laughs> aside from, aside from the, the personal accomplishment that you felt from being a part of The Voice, there must have been a little bit of you that said, wow, uh, Blake turned, this might be something big. And what I'm hearing from a lot of contestants from The Voice is that they kind of own you after that for a little bit. You don't have to talk about that if you don't want to, but how much were you able to enter the realm of those who loved you at that point, who saw you on international, internationally, national TV, who wanted to embark upon a journey with you professionally? Were you able to, what were you able I to achieve what you wanted next? I guess is kind of what I'm getting to. It's hard because you don't want to put your hope. I mean, that would have been me putting my hope in NBC. And the thing about that was, you know, NBC, I was used as a way to market NBC. Yep. I was an asset to them while I was on the show. And then as soon as I'm off the show, 
I am no longer an asset to their brand. They're built, their message, their purpose is to build NBC and to build the voice. They're not there to build my career. And that's one of those sobering realizations and reality checks that you really have to have while you're on the show because they're not there to make your dreams come true. They're there to make NBC dreams come true. And um, once you kind of understand that, you're able to be a little bit more forgiving and, um, and put your hope in the right thing. And so afterwards, I would say the title of having been on The Voice definitely got me into the songwriting rooms in Nashville, um, some better ones, and got me plugged into a community of writers that were better than me and um, really took to my talent and wanted to walk alongside me and pull me in. And you, anywhere you go, you're going to have people that like to climb ladders and when they hear oh you're in the voice okay well maybe that will be good for me if I wrote with you so I had a little bit of that too which is normal um and and it definitely I think puts stars in other people's eyes of like oh wow Kaylee was on the voice like and even still I have people say like, oh I remember seeing you and I'm like you did that. that was 28 I was on for two episodes like mm-hmm. but I love that you try I love that you're saying that <laughs> I love that you try mm-hmm. um but I just yeah, it, it probably gave me a little bit of a pop when I got back. But since then, I haven't really carried that banner. And I've uh, and still a lot of people don't know that I was on The Voice because I changed my name since then as well. I was mm-hmm. married, ended up getting divorced in 2020. And um, and so I have a different name now. I went back to my, my family name. I've seen the online interviews about that, and you've written songs about seven years of marriage, seven minutes of divorce. I, I don't know how much <laughs> you want to talk about it, um, but I do want to talk about your, um, whatever you want to talk about, but you're coming back to kind of a place that you are familiar with. And January 12th and 13th, we have a chance to come see you uh, play at the Tween Waters on a Captiva Island which has gone through, you know, we've gone through a hurricane here, but people are excited to to get out on the beach, to get a nice, it's beautiful weather here. I don't know what it's like in Nashville. And to come here and see you. Tell us about a little bit how you feel about coming back and playing and what you can tell our listeners what to expect and what's exciting for you maybe. Yeah, I, I've played Tween Waters a couple times, but not since the hurricane. So I'm I'm definitely anxious to get back to the island and um just appreciate the fact that it's still there. <laughs> right. Uh, it survived. Yeah, it survived. Just, yeah. And you know, I, I like doing anything that's somewhat associated with my hometown. And um, you know, Friday night it's gonna be more focused on my original music and I love telling stories. I love telling you the insight and the stories behind the songs that I've written and sharing those with you. And so we do this thing in Nashville called a writer's round. And if anybody has been to Nashville, you may have heard about the bluebird cafe or the listening room. And those are all built around the songwriter and their stories. And so it's kind of me bringing a little bit of taste of that down to Captiva and Sanibel. And I'll have my percussionist and my, my keys player with me. And so we'll be able to just kind of make them a little bit nicer of a production. And, uh, and I'm really excited about that. Those storytelling shows are my f- absolute favorite. And then Saturday night, we'll get a little bit more rambunctious and play some of my favorite cover songs and hopefully get some people dancing and do what I also do in Nashville when I'm playing the cover scene. Speaking of Nashville, can you compare kind of Florida, South Florida to Nashville? Because Nashville is a real kind of like launching pad 
And is it what you expected or what are you feeling you didn't expect moving to Nashville that you might be able to talk about? I heard a long time ago that it's good to kind of kind of garner your fan base where you live before you move to Nashville. And, and I didn't do that. Um, I really think it's, 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 it's everyone's journey. Everyone's journey is a little bit different. And I think you feel called to Nashville when you come, if you're an artist. And for me, I didn't know who I was creatively. I had gone to a musical theater program for college and, and I think I still had a little bit of that as a remnant in my, my vocal sound. And, um, and I'd also just gotten married. And so there was a lot of transition going on in my life and, you know, kind of figuring out how to just earn money in Nashville through music was my first goal when I moved here. And I did that. And it's just been kind of building and building upon the previous year ever since. And, um, but I, I have found a lot of value in anybody that I've seen come to town with an already established fan base back where they're from. And, you know, maybe they started dipping their toes in, in this scene and they would come every other month for a couple of years before they finally moved. And there really is no rhyme or reason. I think the biggest thing that you need in the recipe of success for Nashville is talent and perseverance, because you see a lot of people on stage that they're not the best singer in town. They're not the best writer or player in town, but they've got a ton of perseverance and resilience and they work hard. And hard work does go far and showing up to get the prize. Like half of the, half of it is just showing up. That's my experience at least. It kind of leads me to my next question because as you see success stories, there are probably if like, if you could honestly put a number on the folks who have talent who aren't recognized in the, in the music industry versus those who don't even have that much talent who are recognized in the industry I feel like it's unfair. Like there are so many folks who just don't have the right opportunity, the right connections, the right opportunity, the right chances to um, be in front of the right folks. Can you speak to any, any, I don't want to say frustrations because I don't want to be negative, but can you speak to the difficulties in the industry today when it comes to, you're clearly talented. People have compared you to Dolly Parton, uh, Aretha Franklin, Bob Seger. You've got the voice. I mean, you are awesome. And at the same time, you're in an industry that is uncertain. I mean, I, I, if you put you know, your music on Spotify, I don't know if you're on Spotify, and you mm-hmm. get uh, you know, 2,000 hits, you make four cents. I mean, what is going on with that? What, what, why is there such why is it so difficult to break into the, the music industry when you're as talented as you are? That's a great question. And um, if you find the answer, let me know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. These are tough questions. You don't have to answer them. Let's talk about something else. I'm sorry. No, no. I- I'm happy to speak to that because at least where I'm at right now, you know, I've been I've been working this industry for a little while and trying to figure it out. And And I've been an independent artist for a long time, too. And I've gone into publisher meetings and label meetings and I've had fantastic meetings where they're just like, who are you? How have we not known you who you are? Man, we want you to start writing, writing with our people and all this, and then nothing will happen. And, and I think so much of it is a timing thing. Like if you look at it from, if you, okay, let's, let's talk about a butterfly. We're going to get 
we're going to get, um, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to go for an analogy. Okay. If you think about a butterfly, when a butterfly leaves the cocoon, it actually has a binding on its wings. And it's important for that butterfly to flutter its wings, even though it's stuck in the binding, because there are little tiny blood vessels in those wings. And what happens is as they're trying to flap out of that binding, those blood vessels are are basically kind of erect and like blood gets to the end of the tip of the wing. And without that, if you were to clip that binding, the butterfly actually would not be able to fly. It's just like, you know, a baby come out of the birth, birth canal. Like there's certain things that happen to the baby um, that are beneficial for the struggle and the push. And so I, I think about, I think about Nashville in that way of you don't want to clip the wings or clip the binding off the wing too soon. And um, because if your character doesn't match the stage that you're on, you will fall. And so it's really important to, to kind of look at that as you're hustling and building your brand, building your career. It's also very important to do the spiritual and personal work too, and make sure that you're leaving behind the old so you could take up on the new. And, um, you know, for me, it has been a big, uh, like, I'm just really thankful for my faith in that regard, because there are so many days of defeat. Anytime you're in a career where you're taking risks all the time, it can be exhausting and tiring. Um, but, you know, stewarding your gifts is the most important thing you can do. And if I think about quitting and doing anything else, whether it's waiting tables or going into a corporate job, like all of that has a very defined closed door for me. There is a closed door there and I'm not supposed to open it. And God has that shut for a reason. But the door that is open is the one in my music career. And there have been stumbling blocks and roadblocks, but that's the road that has peace. And so I keep going forward. And instead of getting caught up in all of the roadblocks and all of the circumstances that, or the impossibilities rather, I just have to keep stewarding my gift. And, you know, God continues to bring me gusts of wind for my sails and continues to encourage me. And like, even yesterday, I got a DM from somebody who got a tattoo of one of my songs. And that is just like, that blew my mind. They saw me play this song. They said, you know, our dad passed away a couple of weeks ago and we just really needed to pick me up. So we decided to go out and watch some music and we saw you play. And we were so happy to see you play and you played your song, Hold On Honey. And mm. it felt like God was speaking to us. And so we went and got a tattoo of that song the next day. And I just was blown away by that. And to me, it's like, I'm, I'm an independent artist. I don't have a label behind me. I don't have a publisher behind me. I am my own hustle. I've got to go and garner everything I got. And so when those little nuggets of joy come through my messages, my messages, I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Like I needed that encouragement today because man, it's hard to just be by yourself and, and do it on your own and like find the fight to go out every single day when you face impossibilities. But I'll leave you with this for this question. Um, one thing I, I have learned about impossibilities is that God's miracle, any of God's miracles can only exist in a landscape of impossibilities. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I want a miracle. Give, make my life a miracle. And if that means impossibilities are compounded, then I'm just going to have the faith to, to praise you through it. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> so awesome. No, it's, it's, it's deep and I love it. I'm trying to find the right words to not like be extra right now, but like, I be love extra. your, I love your spirit. I love it. I love <laughs> your spirit. And 
And I feel the same way. And, and I think it's, I think it's gorgeous. Your, 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 your visionary as to what you expect and want and think. And I think, it, I think you go far away with it, but this brings me to the question. Kaylee Bishop, will you play the game? What would Kaylee Bishop do? It's a little game we play in the podcast and where we give you three scenarios and you are kind of a big deal and people don't always like know what to do in life. So if I give you three suggestions of what would Kaylee Bishop do, would you play the game? Sure. Okay. Again, if these are too much, you do not have to answer them. Ready? I'm ready. Do it. Lay it on me. All right. So you're a spiritual person. I'm hearing your belief in a higher power in God. So mm -hmm. let's say God comes down. Let's just, pre I, I know this is not going to actually happen, but let's say God comes down and he's at the Tween Waters, January 12th. And he says, you know what, Kaylee? You can have any gig you want. Do you know what you want? <laughs> oh, and, you know, what do you pick is this a hard a question things. yeah it, it, i mean it is a little bit there, can i answer it two different ways of course so god gave me this exercise this year to write down 200 dreams and that was supposed to be my homework for last year and i got to 170 i think really so i'm still gonna go back and write down a, a bunch more dreams but i want to see it them was, where did you write them down <laughs> Just in my journal. Can I and, see that in Captiva <laughs> next weekend? Sure, sure. Okay. I'll show you. <laughs> I want to see them. Um, some and they're they're all sorts of different types of dreams, but it was the exercise was for me to dream big because I've always dreamed small. And God was saying, mm. "Hey, um, I need you to get outside your limiting beliefs that you've always carried, and I want you to dream bigger. And I'm not asking you to do it alone. I'm going to do it with you. And invite me into the process. Let's do it together. And so, um. I wrote down some of the bucket list stages that I have, and I would love to play the Ryman. I would love to play Red Rocks Where? and oh yeah, the Ryman, the Ryman Auditorium and Red Let's Rocks. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, those are both stages. Can There's we actually do that? Let's do it. I know, I know. Let's do this. So, and then the other aspect to that, like, what kind of stage do you want to play? I have this dream of having a show where there's every single moment of the show. There's like the spirit of the Lord is there. Like there is not one moment, one vocal line that I've delivered that's that is outside of his presence. Like I just want to have an entire show that has that is covered with his anointing and um and experience that also with my band. Great answer. I can't add to that. Let's go to question number two. You are um you are given the opportunity to have a dinner where you can invite three guests. Um, alive or deceased, any three guests in the world ever exist ever existed. Who are I mean, they? I feel like who who are they, and where are you dining? Okay, the first things that popped up into my head were Dolly Parton, mm -hmm. and um, of course, like Jesus and King David. Actually, I'm reading about. Wow, I'm, why do I'm, you love King David? That guy was a total jerk. What? No, he was amazing. But he he slept with Bathsheba. He killed her wife. I mean, he was no, amazing he, in a way, but he was so, so terrible, too. 
Yes, but we've all done terrible things. And not me, not me ever. What's what's really important about King David? And and actually, do you want to know what led to that yes. interaction? Yes. Um, he was stepping outside of what he was supposed to be doing. You know, in the verse leading up to Bathsheba, it talks about how in this time of year, every king goes out to battle. This is the time that all the kings go out to war and he had stayed home. And so what he did, the first thing that led to this transgression was he stopped doing what he was supposed to be doing. So that's, that's one thing to keep in mind when you get off the path of what you're called to, that's when you start to transgress. And, um, and then that's when he saw Bathsheba and was tempted by her. But what I love about David is his, his, his heart of repentance. And um, that's what set him apart from all the other kings. It's what set him apart from the king that preceded him. King Saul, like his entire, his kingship was taken from him because he was disobedient, but then he did not repent and he did not seek forgiveness. He didn't have the humility that was required in order to really have the Lord be like front and center. And everything I read about David, like, he's just got a heart for the Lord. And yeah, of course he transgressed, but like, man, like I, in this, in the whole time of his life, that being the transgression, like I'll take it. I mean, okay, I love it. I, I, I do love it. I want you to know I was playing a little devil's advocate there, but I was, I love it. I know you, you were, I know what you said. I love what you suggested. So if Dolly Parton and Jesus and David, like, where would you take them in Nashville? What restaurant? I had a dream one time that I had dinner with Dolly and we were at her house and it was this old vintage 70s style house and it had linoleum floors and it was like really, really late at night and she welcomed me in and she didn't have any makeup on. She didn't have her wig on. It was like Dolly, unadulterated Dolly, just like, and, um, and I had this dream and we just held hands sitting across her little dinner table. And she, she just kind of encouraged me and gave me advice. And this was a dream I had. And then I later went on to write a song <laughs> about it. What? But, um, I know it's called dinner with Dolly and it's not finished yet, but the lyrics are really nice. And, um, it was just, it was a, an amazing dream. And I wrote the dream down and, and knew I wanted to write a song about this experience I had while I was asleep. And, uh, and so I would want to have dinner in her kitchen Mm. Um. over and I, sh I know she don't have linoleum floors but maybe she does I don't know yeah. but just with wood paneled walls and vintage dishes and with Jesus and King David I think that'd be nice oh my god I'd love it I love it I would in, I would insist that you that you that you invite me um <clears throat> okay <laughs> last question and this is a industry question Okay. Uh, the music industry is different than it used to be. I mean, Snoop Doggy Dog recently talked about just how, like, back in the day, you sold 10 million albums, you got a cut of that. Now there's Spotify. If you could change something about kind of industry business, what what might you change? I would change that the labels look for talent instead of analytics. Mm. Because right now, it's the way to get a record deal is to have high streaming numbers and to have really powerful analytics and numbers on, 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 you know, social media platforms and streaming platforms. And, um, and in order to get attention from a label, it's like, you got to have that, mm -hmm. but you also can't get high streaming numbers without a label's help. So it's kind of a catch 22 right now. And, um, that can be a little discouraging. It's definitely one of the impossibilities that I'm facing right now. Wow. of how to navigate this and uh. um you know because like i'll have like i said really strong meetings with people but 
at the end of it, they're asking my numbers and they're like, well, what are your numbers? And I'm, I'm like, look, I'm an artist and I didn't know that I was going to have to be a social media analyst. I did not know that I was going to have to be a graphic designer and, um, and uh, just anything, anything other than creating an art, art piece and singing on stage. Like I didn't know that I was going to have to be qualified in all these other areas, but it's I, like, I, I got it. I have to, I have to learn how to do everything. It's like 50% creative and 50% business. I, I love that you brought it up because I've, I'm hearing the same thing from a lot of talented people. Like um, we want you successful in TikTok, but the truth is the folks who love TikTok doesn't mean they're going to love really necessarily music, but you're not, there's not like a, there's not an avenue to, to, um, doing a sellout platinum album, I don't think anymore. Is there? I mean, so so Taylor Swift. I mean, she's making millions on Spotify, but she's she's getting you know, trillions of hits or whatever. But I feel like she's getting more with her live live concerts. Is there something? But think about it. like mm -hmm. no one's buying CDs anymore. Mm -mm. No one's this buying is, CDs. Yeah. No, and no one's buying even, even Apple. Even Apple, like no one's buying Apple songs. Yes, it's like people, it's all just when people digest music, they're listening to streams. How do we change that? Mm. Okay, we'll talk about it. It's okay. Um, it's been such <clears throat> it's been such an honor to like have you here today. And I'm looking so forward to your concert, January 12th and January 13th in Captiva Island. Be sure to check out Kaylee Bishop. A superstar who you get a chance to meet uh, <laughs> down at Captiva Island. Uh, we certainly want to thank um, uh, also our sponsors, the Fort Myers Film Festival. Be sure to submit your film and save the dates May 22nd through 26, 2024. Thanks to Hilficker Mission, saving lives by increasing organ procurement and early detection of chronic diseases. Go to hilfickermissions.net. Also, thank you to Riverside Realty Group. It doesn't cost more. You just get more with home free home staging. Head to riversidefl.com. And for your business accounting needs, call Clarity Certified Public Accounts. Head to clarity.cpa. Special thanks to Gulfshire Life Magazine and Happenings Magazine. When in town, be sure to check them out for things to do. And guess what? Um, Kaylee, you get final say. Tell us one last word before we head out to your concert, January 12th and 13th on Captiva Island. I hope that you come <laughs> ready to smile and ready to cry. My favorite things are tears. And I love when I make people cry in my audience because that means you're feeling something and maybe you can let a little something go while you're at my show and leave home, leave for home feeling refreshed. That's what I want for you. I love it. You couldn't be more awesome. Thank you so much. Kaylee <laughs> Bishop, please always check out Southwest Florida Fresh Press with me, your host, Eric Raditz, for fun things to do in and around Southwest Florida. Thank you so much. Kaylee, we look forward to seeing you down at the concert and following you uh, everywhere you go into super success or even mild success. We are big fans of who you mm. are. So God bless you. And thanks for coming out. Thanks for listening to South Florida Fresh Press. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Kaylee. See you. Thank you.